Warning. This episode contains graphic depictions of violence involving ritualistic sacrifice, the abuse, torture, dismemberment, and murder of children. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Of ritualistic child abuse. They would sacrifice animals. Does it make you want to hate murder? Or does it make you want to do murder? Let's explore the darkness of mankind, one crime at a time. Welcome back to Rogue Darkness, the podcast that uncovers how the misinterpretations and misinformation surrounding witchcraft, the occult, and other beliefs have led many to do unthinkable crimes. From ritualistic killings and the demons that live in all of us, to exploration of the macabre and delving deep into the unknown, let's explore the darkness of mankind, one crime at a time. I'm your host of The Grim and Gruesome, Raven. Let's go rogue and get right into today's chilling crime. The case of a small cult from Sonora, Mexico, known for their dedication to Santa Muerte, also known as Saint Death, a deity within Mexican folklore and how the cult committed horrific murders as a form of ritualistic sacrifice to Santa Muerte. But first, let's start off from the very beginning. A woman by the name of Silvia Mraz, who would eventually become the leader of an immensely small but nonetheless severely brutal cult, was born in Hermosillo, Sonora in 1968. It's been reported that Silvia's family lived in poverty within a poor neighborhood of Nacazare de Garcia municipality in Sonora. At just the age of 16, Silvia gave birth to her first son, Ramon Omar Palacios Moraz. She would then go on to have three more children with her first husband, Martin Baron Lopez. The children were Ivan Martin, Francisca Magdalena, and Georgina Guadalupe Baron Moraz. When Silvia was 29 years old, she had her last child, her daughter, who she named Silvia Yahara. Facing struggles throughout her entire life, Silvia ultimately became convinced that she could and would receive financial help from deities if she offered the ultimate sacrifice, life. It was at that time that Silvia decided she needed to perform human sacrifices in order to gain the favor and help of her personal revered deity, Santa Muerte, also known as Saint Death. Motivated by her delusional ideas of presumed power and the potential of gaining financial help from the other side, Sylvia orchestrated the sacrifices with the other individuals who ultimately joined her cult, which ended up including four of her five children, Ramon Omar, Francisca Magdalena, Georgina Guadalupe, and Sylvia Yahara. Along with her children, there was also Sylvia's father, Cipriano Moraz, her partner at the time, Eduardo Sanchez, and also another woman named Zoila Hada Santa Cruz Ariki. Together, they systematically planned out their murders to use ritualistic sacrifice as a means to gain approval and favors from Santa Muerte. Beginning in 2009, Sylvia had picked her first sacrificial victim, her 55-year-old friend Cleotilde Romero Pacheco, who was ultimately found dead in December of that same year. Cleotilde Romero was known by the locals as a lady who sold popsicles. She reportedly had no close relatives, living or otherwise known, which made her an unfortunately easy target for Sylvia and the others of the cult. 
On the day of the murder, Sylvia had told Cleotilde to pick up a 20 peso note that she saw off the ground as they were walking together. But unfortunately, when Cleotilde bent down to pick up the money, she was then swiftly struck in the neck with an axe, being instantly decapitated. Sylvia had just made her first human sacrifice. Now with Cleotilde dead, the group made an offering of her blood to Santa Muerte in an attempt to obtain protection, and then they went on to burn and bury Cleotilde's body near Sylvia's family home. The next murder wouldn't take place for a few months going into the next year in June of 2010. 10-year-old Martin Rios Chaparro Sanchez Urieta, who was the biological son of Eduardo Sanchez, Sylvia's partner. Martin was also the adopted son of Sylvia herself. Martin was the cult's next chosen victim, and he was ultimately murdered in June of 2010. Sylvia reportedly had gotten the young boy drunk and then had her youngest daughter, Sylvia Yahara, who was just 13 years old at the time, stab Martine repeatedly for a total of at least 30 times. While young Martine was still alive even after the brutal stabbing, the group then held a small ritual around him where they proceeded to cut his veins and then spread his blood around an altar while he bled out. The third and final victim of the cult was another 10-year-old boy named Jesus Octavio Martinez Yanez. He was the adopted son of Ivan Martin Baron Moraz, Sylvia's son, and so was therefore Sylvia's grandson. Jesus was murdered just a month after Martin in July of 2010. This time around, Sylvia reportedly held Jesus in front of the altar while one of her daughters brutally slaughtered him decapitating him like the victims before him, and then draining him of his blood to spread across the altar for Santa Muerte. Investigations into the crimes began after Jesus Martinez was reported missing by his mother and his mother's boyfriend. But before we delve deeper into the investigations of the sacrifices and the ultimate arrests, let's first hear a quick word from today's sponsor, BetterHelp. We all have days that throw us curveballs, but if you find yourself continuously feeling down, not as excited about activities you used to love, and are struggling meeting goals you've set for yourself, it may be time to talk to a licensed professional to try and get yourself back on track. BetterHelp offers secure and professional counseling completely online, especially if you're like me trying to juggle work, kids, and life in general. BetterHelp will begin by assessing your needs, and then they'll match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It doesn't get much easier than that. You'll connect with your therapist in a safe and confidential online environment, and can even start communicating with a therapist in under 48 hours from signing up. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it super easy and free to change counselors if ever needed. So you never have to worry about the hassle of switching to a new therapist. No more uncomfortable waiting room visits or stressing out about not getting a response when it's needed most. You'll have the flexibility to schedule your therapy sessions by video chat or phone call on a weekly basis or as often as you need it. BetterHelp is also way more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is even available. So there's no need to stress over the finances related to traditional counseling. Their services are available worldwide. So regardless of where you're located, you're bound to be matched with a therapist that will work for you. The licensed therapists through BetterHelp specialize in a wide range of areas from depression and anxiety to trauma and relationships, among many, many more. So whatever is weighing you down, BetterHelp can lift you back up. 
Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health and start living a happier life today with BetterHelp. BetterHelp has actually teamed up with me and is offering an amazing deal for all of my listeners. And if you sign up today, you'll get 10% off your first month of their professional services by visiting them at betterhelp.com listener. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash listener. Investigators looking into the missing persons case initially thought that young Jesus might have been kidnapped by a human trafficking network due to some alleged eyewitness sightings of Jesus near the Arizona border begging in the street. This theory, however, was quickly ruled out due to a lack of evidence and the reliability of the eyewitness accounts not being very viable. After two years of ongoing investigation into the missing persons case of Jesus Martinez, in March of 2012, Sylvia, along with the rest of her family living in her home, were implicated and arrested for the murder of Jesus, as his body was eventually found under the floor of Sylvia's youngest daughter's bedroom. The other two victims' bodies were discovered shortly thereafter in an unpopulated area not far from Sylvia's home. The state police actually discovered the bodies during an unrelated investigation and were then able to tie Sylvia to the crimes. Sylvia Mraz and the other seven members involved in the heinous sacrifices were arrested and brought to trial. Sylvia was sentenced to 180 years in prison while the rest of the adult cult members were sentenced to 60 years in prison. Sylvia's youngest daughter, Sylvia Yahara, was spared prison as she was just a minor at the time of the murders and was instead sent to a youth detention center. Records show that after psychological evaluations were done on Sylvia Yahara, since she had been involved in the cult since her childhood and was surrounded by it on a regular basis, she didn't view the atrocious actions performed as anything other than normal. It's truly heartbreaking how the adult members cause such delusions and distortions into the mind of such a young child to enable them to actually believe murdering another human being in such a callous manner was normal. According to one of Zoila Santa Cruz's daughters, Sylvia Mraz had reportedly threatened to kill the other members if they did not partake in the brutal ritualistic crimes, which is why none of them objected to the murdering of their own family members. Fear, mixed with brainwashing, had unfortunately persuaded them to oblige. We unfortunately see this happen in many cultures, many belief systems, and no matter which deities the sacrifices are being meant for, it's still a horrific crime to have to hear about. May the innocent lives lost be never forgotten. So that was the horrific case of the Santa Muerte cult murders, and how the recognition of Santa Muerte albeit not always to this gruesome extremity of the Santa Muerte cult, continues to grow to this day. Let me know your thoughts on this case, and if you have any questions regarding it or any other cases I've covered in the past, feel free to contact me at roguedarknesspod at gmail.com. You can also reach me directly on Instagram or Twitter. The handle is at rogue underscore darkness. I'm always interested in hearing your thoughts on cases I've covered, as well as hearing any suggestions you may have for future ones. And if you like what you hear on Rogue Darkness, please help spread the word by sharing it with your family and friends. You can do it by word of mouth or on your socials. And also be sure to leave it a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever else you can leave a review. By rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing the show, you're directly helping it out. And I'm always grateful whenever word of the pod gets out to others. 
And if you frequent YouTube just like myself, I highly recommend you stop by my YouTube channel and give it a like and subscribe. The link's down below. I do have a Ko-fi page set up, so if you ever want to check it out to submit a donation to help the show keep going, the link is also down below. Any support on there is always greatly appreciated, but it's never expected. And lastly, one last step you can do if you want to go even further to help support the show is you can get yourself some awesome Rogue Darkness merch through my Bonfire merch store. The link to my shop is down below, so definitely check it out and show your support by gearing up in some Rogue Darkness attire. And with that said, that concludes this week's episode of Rogue Darkness. The darkness is all around us, and I can confidently say that reality truly is more terrifying than fiction. Until next time.